This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. conversation with someone who up until that very moment was pretty much a total stranger. But like two minutes later, you're talking like, number one, you are the same person. And number two, uh, where have you been my entire life? (laughs) Because that's exactly what my conversation with Courtney Shaw was like. I discovered Courtney and her amazing content a few months ago. And the first thing that drew me to her were her gorgeously bold, bright brand colors. And the second thing was her content. And the third thing was her candid openness about having ADHD. Courtney is a copywriter turned business coach that helps creatives, coaches, and consultants stop being broke and start getting more clients by creating an irresistible service that they can eventually turn into a scalable offer. Our talk today was so enlightening and just so much fun. So as many of you know, I too have ADHD and speak about it often. So it only seemed fitting that I invite Courtney onto the podcast so we can riff on how we're both creating amazingly successful businesses while navigating ADHD. So two things about this episode. Number one, you're not going to need to speed it up because we both talk super fast. (laughs) And number two, if you've been diagnosed with ADHD or suspect that you might have ADHD, definitely head to the show notes at TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast, because I've got a host of additional resources for you, including two articles I wrote and a link where you can take a self-assessment based on your symptoms so that you can then get the ball rolling and talk to your doctor. Okay, so let's go ask Courtney how she runs a successful biz with ADHD. Hey, Courtney, it is so exciting to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super jazzed about this conversation. This is going to be fun. So before we start and dive in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my business is over at CourtneyShaw.com. It used to be called the Rule Breakers Club. And I kind of miss being able to say that, like, come over to RuleBreakersClub.com. But now it's my name. And I'm essentially a business coach. So I work with uh, entrepreneurs who are service providers and um, want to move towards launching a course. And so I kind of work with them in that transition. So what we do with our clients is help them to streamline their services so that they're booking out one service consistently. That's like really like rinse and repeat and like easy to market. And then we have them essentially turn their service into a course. So it's like this very streamlined thing, which will be really interesting. The word streamlined is not something you normally think of when you think of ADHD, but, <laughs> but we do it out of necessity because yeah. like, we wouldn't survive without it. I think that's sort of one of the paradoxes of, yeah. of ADHD, right? So yeah, we're all about efficiency. 
I love that. I love that. And so many people like, you know, especially once you get known for something, there's always going to be the people who are just not great fits for your service, but would yes. be great fit for like your, you know, one to many totally. kind of model thing. So that's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really great. Cause then you like, we call it the two part business model, but then all of your marketing is essentially marketing both. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to market two different things, which right. I think again, a lot of times for people with ADHD is like really helpful because we get really lost and all of that. So anyway, yeah. I digress, but yeah, it it's what I did to grow my business. And just, I'm, I'm really observant. I think that's mm-hmm. one of my strengths. I just like naturally I'm, I'm an observer. So I observed over the 10 years I've been in this online business space the way people would grow their businesses and the business models they would use and sort of like what would happen, the pros and cons of that. And, Mm -hmm. and like, so this has developed over a decade of experience and uh, school of quote unquote hard knocks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Amazing. So like you mentioned, we are talking about ADHD today and being an online business owner with ADHD. um, You and I both have it and we both speak out kind of a lot on both of our platforms about it and everything. And one of the things that I, I don't know that I was surprised about, but like, I didn't walk into like my business being like, Oh, I'm going to be the person that speaks about this. You know, it just kind of came out naturally as like, Oh, this is what I'm going through. And then so many people have contacted me since then and been like, Oh, I have it too. Or, you know, I think I might have it or something. Um, I don't know if you found this, uh, probably you have, but there's a couple things that I found, especially me being in the operational space. I found that there is kind of shame attached to it sometimes because it's like, but you're an ops person. Like you're, you're so organized or like, you're supposed to be so organized. And I'm like, yeah, do you know how many brain cells it takes (laughs) in order for me to like stay that way? Or, or just like being women, like, you know, I know that my generation was so undiagnosed or underdiagnosed because we don't like, we don't manifest it the same way that kind of boys do a lot of times and stuff. So that was all over the place. But in that is a question in terms of like, can you tell us a little bit about your own journey of kind of getting diagnosed and also like how that has played into your business and, you know, how you've set up your business? Yeah, no, first of all, I think it's so interesting. I'm actually, I have like a, a unique, very niche micro niche fascination right now with people like yourself who are in the organizational space with ADHD. And I was just chatting with a woman who does like professional organizing, right? Mm -hmm. So like organizing, but in a different container, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and I find that really interesting because I think a lot of a lot of us who I look really organized, like people come into work in my business and they'll say from the outside, it looks really organized. And I'm like, yes, it's literally out of, I think so many of us with ADHD, we have these like systems we've put in place out of absolute necessity. Also mm-hmm. we're brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So we come up with these brilliant systems and that might look differently than someone who doesn't have ADHD, who is in systems or organization or something like that. And I think that's super interesting. I, w- mm-hmm. I would love to dive more into that. But I digress. <laughs> like, again, I'm, I'm, keep it focused. But for me, the way that my, so it's been like maybe a year to the date that I realized I have ADHD. So this is perfect. <laughs> something around this week. And last summer, I was, I had, I had a breaking point. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it was really, it was really one of those moments, um, that come very rarely in a lifetime, but I had it last summer. And I think it was a combination of, you know, in January of 2020, 
20, I had essentially fired my whole team because they were all, I had one ops person and then everyone else worked for her and she had her own business. And I realized I wanted to build my own team. And so I kind of had to fire them all at the same time. Like it wasn't like a slow thing. It was like, and now you have no team. Um, and so I took over the operations, which I'm glad I did because I needed, I was feeling really disconnected from my business. Mm -hmm. And so I really needed to get in the mud and like, sort through everything. And that was really great. I had one really awesome gal on my team that I hired to kind of like, sort of like rise from the ashes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I had been doing that for about six months, uh, in, in July, 2020. Then of course we have the, the great pandemic that, you know, came and changed all of our lives. And I think, you know, it's funny at this time, we're really emerging out of the pandemic. It's really interesting to see a lot of my ADHD symptoms getting less severe, Mm -hmm. um, because I think the pandemic is really was the, what do you call it? Pressure cooker. Yeah. Totally. All these qualities I already had just became so much more difficult for me to manage because I had none of my things I need, like stimulation from the outside world, Mm -hmm. travel, going to coffee shops. Like I had none of it. So I was really lopsided. I mean, the pandemic did a number on me. I think it did on everybody, but I don't think we talk enough about the mental health consequences of what we just went through. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's really how it came about is I was starting to drop balls and forget things. And, and I was like, why is this happening? I I don't understand. Like, why can't I get this together? And, uh, it was my mom who, who was like, you know, I had a friend that recently was talking about ADHD. Like maybe you should look into it. Went home, took one of those like quick assessments. And it was like very high. Likelihood. <laughs> yep. Like, so then I just kind of went through the, the process of being yeah. uh, officially diagnosed. No, I love that. And you and I are the same person when it comes to like the feelings and the things that like are usually were are usually our coping mechanisms that we didn't have. Because I know that for me, like being working in a space with other people really works for me. And so before the pandemic, you know, if I was feeling really scattered, I'd like pick up my laptop and go to Starbucks and just being around other people that were working, even though I wasn't talking to them, even though I had my headphones in, like it put me in a space of like, oh, I'm supposed to be focused on something right now and not having that and like only having two or three options of where to work from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It it was really hard. And so I, um, I'll share like my kind of diagnosis story real quick, but I, I, when I look back, my entire life was like, oh, Tasha, you had it since like you were born, basically, you know? So, and here's an anecdotal evidence of that. When I graduated elementary school, my mom gave all the janitors going away gifts because of the number of times they reopened the school because she like had to drive me back because I forgot like a textbook to do my homework. (laughs) So relatable. (laughs) So relatable. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I always, like knew that something, but I was a really great student. Like I was yes. like all APs, you know, I was a great student. So everybody was like, oh, you're just disorganized, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you're I finally flighty, got, yeah, you know? you're just flighty. Yeah. yeah. So I finally got diagnosed at 23 and my doctor at the time and I just decided that I wasn't going to medicate for it because I was doing a lot of theater and I was really worried about it affecting my creativity. So yeah. So it worked for a while with like my coping mechanisms and everything until pandemic. And then I started feeling it even more so 
to. So thank you for that. I appreciate your story. Yeah. Yeah. So the other day you had a reel um, on your Instagram, which uh, we're going to link to your Instagram because I love your reels and I love your content. (laughs) But yeah, you had a reel that was three amazing tips that I think like if people are thinking about or have been diagnosed, these can just be really helpful. So tip number one was embrace hyperfocus. Can you explain a little bit what hyperfocus is for everybody? Like we completely understand it. (laughs) Hyperfocus is so cool. And I mean, I really do believe, I believe all qualities are neutral and it's Mm -hmm. like what you do with them. Right. So I'm on this thing about like messiness is neutral. Procrastination is neutral. Like all these things that get villainized. Mm -hmm. So like hyperfocus is neutral. It's like a tool. It's like a hammer. It can be used for good or bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, hyperfocus is so cool because ADHD isn't really a a lack of focus. It's a lack of control over where we put our focus, right? We yes. got a lot of focus, <laughs> uh, a lot of attention and hyper-focus is often where it goes is where we get like really hyper interested in something and like to an obsessive degree. And we just want to like go down the Google rabbit hole mm-hmm. or like, well, you know, as business owners, you'll often like come up with like a whole like launch idea. And then you just like execute the whole thing in like 24 hours. Yep. And then then you kind of die a little bit and yeah, do it for two weeks, but, <laughs> but you like in that moment, it's like, I've never experienced mania. That's mm-hmm. not something I have, but I know people who have. And I, when I saw someone experiencing mania, I thought, huh, that has a lot of similarities with yeah. what I experienced, but it's not quite the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's just this like, it's like blissful. It's yeah. like, it's so cool. And it's, it's, I think it's just fueled by dopamine, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And which is like a blissful feeling. And so, um, so really leveraging that is honoring. Now, sometimes you don't have control over this, right? Again, you don't know what you're going to hyper-focus on, but what I do is I just allow myself to follow what interests me. So very specifically in the morning, Mm -hmm. I, I tend to, I've noticed over time that I tend to love to just sit around kind of like, I'm like, something's on my mind that I feel like Googling about. And then I kind of journal on it and then I kind of research it and I read some articles. And like, if I like assign myself that task, I would never do it. Mm -hmm. So what it is, is just an open space. I love spaciousness so that I'm allowed, I'm, I have space to hyper-focus on whatever is coming up. Um, and sometimes it's like, I get really excited about creating some Instagram content or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, like some new article I want to write, which I have something on a list right now. And so <laughs> I just make sure there's spaciousness in my schedule so, so that when those things come up, there is space for that. And I'm not like, I'm not like overscheduling myself or, or not allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's, that's definitely a lesson that I've been learning because I'm one that loves packing my schedule with so many things. And then when the hyper-focus comes in, I'm like, Oh, what ball am I going yeah. to drop to go follow the dopamine down this decide, rabbit hole? Right? You know? <laughs> yeah, um, totally. So the next one was pick one thing to accomplish. Oh, I love this one because I'm definitely a person who, when I write my to-do list, it's like 20 things long. And I'm like, yeah, this is not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is kind of more of like a general idea versus like a, like a, you have to only pick one thing. Mm-hmm. But what I found is by having just one focus, like, you know, even right now I have, um, Oh yeah. Right behind my computer. I have this little list I made because I'm going on a two week vacation, um, next week. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so sometimes I'm just like, okay, what's on, like, what is everything I need to get done? So I'll just kind of brain dump it all on a piece of mm-hmm. paper. And then I try to organize it into priorities. And I, I don't do this every week. I do this when I'm sort of at one of those moments of like, 
Ooh, I can tell I'm starting to feel overwhelmed that I have a lot on my plate and I'm not even clear on what it all is. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do this. Yeah. So I did that. And then what I did is I categorized it into fun stuff and priorities. Oh, I love that. <laughs> four things in each. So I know like in priorities this week, like things that have to get done is like, I have to be, I have to do like my sales stuff. Cause I'm like the salesperson for the business right now. Mm-hmm. So like our sales stuff, I have to batch my content. I have to, um, I have to go get some lab work done. This is like a mm-hmm. personal thing. And then <laughs> I have to, um, update my ClickUp. Like I just need to like look at my ClickUp mm-hmm. tasks. And I was like, those are the four things I need to get done this week. So I picked four. I think the idea is that like, you just are simplifying, like what is the highest priority. So if one is where it's at, just pick one. I think the idea here is it's not a list, a to-do list of like all the micro items and everything. It's like, okay, the one focus for today is I need to finish this article. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Batch this content. Then within that, of course, you can break it down into smaller things. But I think when we have too many focuses, it becomes fragmented and then we just stay in that overwhelm space and it becomes really hard to get started. Yeah. I am huge on that. And I do that to myself all the dang time. (laughs) And Jaylor, my director of operations is great at supporting me through that. The other day I posted, um, a conversation in Slack between her and me. And she, like I had mentioned, I was like, I'm all over the place today, y'all. And she messaged me and she was like, okay, what is the one thing that you need to do today? Yeah. And at first I was like, uh, run around in a circle. (laughs) And then when I really thought about it, it was like, okay, this is the one thing, you know, that I need to do and, and to get done. So yeah, just having that support to, to help you kind of. Well, and what you did there out. too, is you leveraged a couple of things that are great for ADHD people, which is like using other people, mm-hmm. like having that conversation. I know it seems silly because it's like, all she had to say is what's the one thing, but in some ways you needed her to ask that question. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and that sort of is that concept of body doubling, right? Is like yeah. just another human being existing in your presence. Yeah. Some reason, like I will literally have my husband sit at the counter while I do dishes and just talk to me Mm -hmm. and it will help me get that. But if I have to like do it by myself, it's like, it almost feels like an existential crisis. Like what's the point? Why? Like I cannot do it (laughs) Yeah. when he's there. I'm like, okay. Yep. I love I that. Explain. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And it's the same thing with why I go to Starbucks or why yeah. I love, you know, even virtual co-working, that sort of thing, just because having somebody else there, even if they're doing something completely different, just changes the energy. So the last thing that you said was define the smallest steps to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I like that one because sometimes even like, as you pick the one thing, then you're like, oh, but there's like a thousand things in this one thing, really, you know, one so thing is big. Yeah. The one thing is big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's where this step came from. Right. And if I, I would reorganize the tips, I'd probably do like pick the one thing, pick the smallest step and then embrace hyper-focus. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it kind of goes in that order. So, um, this is essential because I think maybe the biggest thing with ADHD is the struggle to get started Mm -hmm. on things. Yeah. And my favorite example of this is moving the laundry from the washer to the dryer. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's like the bane (laughs) of all of us. Like we can't do it. We physically can't do it. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not laziness. It's it's not factually, biologically is not. And so what I will tell myself, and I'm laughing because I probably have some laundry in my washer right now that needs to be moved is I, I go, okay, just open the door. 
yeah. to the washer. That's mm-hmm. all I have to do. Mm-hmm. Because what I realized is the reason it becomes overwhelming to me is I'm like, okay, I'm going to move that. But then I, then there's stuff in the dryer that I have to move. Then I have to fold that. And then I have to, uh, and it's like, then I might have to rewash this stuff in the dryer because it didn't dry correctly. Now it's going to go back. And it's like, just open the door. Yes. <laughs> all the stuff that could happen, especially, especially if you, if you're coming out of sort of like a low time or mm-hmm. maybe like balls got dropped and you were overwhelmed and you kind of like put your head in the sand, which I think we all do from time to time. Mm -hmm. And you're coming out of that and you have to face sort of like the mess of what you haven't been handling. It's so overwhelming. So something like I need to take a shower, just turn on the water, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why, you know, on that reel, I just showed an image of me like turning on my computer. It's like, what is literally the most micro micro step to do this? Sometimes it's just look at your calendar. Yeah. Click, click, open up, click up or a sauna or wherever your, your to-do list is. Just look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, that at least then, then you can, then you have something to respond to. And I feel like then it starts to activate our brains. Not always, but, but it's usually helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree on that one as well. I know that anytime like I'm getting back into a new workout routine or something, I do that on days that I don't want to work out. I'm like, okay, all I need to do is put my sneakers on or yes. like, I only need to do this for five minutes. And if I don't want to do it, like after five minutes, I can stop, you know? And usually by that, the time that I either put my sneakers on and then I'm like, well, I've got my sneakers on. I might as well, you know, or I've been doing it for five minutes. I might as well stay the whole 30 minutes or whatever it's supposed to be. So yeah, just getting started is, is always the hardest part of the battle. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is because it seems so silly. And this, this is something I really wish I knew before I, you know, found out about ADHD it was like how many times in my life I've gotten hard on myself and berated myself because I couldn't get myself to do something so basic. Mm-hmm. And someone said in my DMS once, I thought this was brilliant. She said, you know, I often feel like a genius who can't do the basics. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, yep. his ADHD brains are brilliant brains. Like honestly, creative brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't mean that lately, but we struggle to like make ourselves lunch, you know, yeah. it's really, and so you can really get in this weird headspace about it. And so just knowing you're not lazy you just need to sort of trick your brain to get started. And also if it's hard, it's okay that you're not like we're, our goal here. And this is really important. Our goal here is not to find all the hacks to make us neurotypical. Mm-hmm. It's not like find all the hacks so that you can trick your brain into not having ADHD. That is not what it's about. Um, most of the things I would say, I just have to hire other people to help me with. I I've hired laundry at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, so we have, la- we have a wash and fold company come and take our laundry once every two weeks. I'm going to raise that into once every week pretty soon. Yes. <laughs> um, I have a meal delivery, uh, service that brings me three meals a week that are really big. And then it's just, there's something they're healthy. So it's just having something to supplement that I don't have to figure it out every mm-hmm. meal. Um, and it's really important to me. They're not, this isn't hello fresh. This isn't like I make the meal. No, that didn't work for me. <laughs> it is. I put the meal in the microwave for one minute. <laughs> I was just going to say, so I'm so glad you brought this up because first of all, it's a segue. We're going to talk about team and like how to work with your team with us in a second. But we actually just hired, and this is going to sound so bougie, but go with me on this. We just hired a personal chef, right? And and the person comes once a week, does what you said, like three, you know, cooks all three meals and they're Mm -hmm. like, they do six servings of each. So we basically have 18 meals each week, you know, that we can mix and match on. But um, I started working with a dietitian a couple months ago and she was like, you need to cook more because we have been eating DoorDash like 
upwards of 10 times a week sometimes. And I was like, okay, I know that me cooking more is not going to happen. Like that is not, (laughs) that's not going to happen. So with the amount of money that we spend on DoorDash, which is redonkulous, we could do this personal chef, you know, but yeah, figuring out like what is just not going to happen and how can you outsource that. And what you said is very important. It is often way less expensive than you think. Cause I it know really a lot is. of times because we have a cleaner come once every two weeks as well. A lot of these things can feel like, Oh, it must be nice. Like mm-hmm. I get it. It took me a really long time to hire the cleaner. And after I did, I was like, Oh my God, why did I wait so long to mm-hmm. do this? It really isn't as expensive as you think. And a lot of times we're spending that money elsewhere. Yeah. And we, like you said, with DoorDash or just the amount of time I was spending, like getting in spats with my husband about who was going to clean the toilet and like all that. And then like figuring out food and like that time, it's really just, just not as expensive as you think. The laundry yeah. thing, I was like, oh, like you said, I'm like, this is bougie. It's really not that expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'd way rather like work a little bit harder in my business and just like find the money that way than, exactly. than do it. You know That's, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Find the money in the business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go, I want to touch on like how you communicate with your team and how they can best support you. Um, I know that I have a basically how to work with me document and also how to work with me conversation for both my coaching clients when I have new coaching clients as well as new team members, because I just just want to be upfront about the fact that like, Hey, you're going to send me a Voxer. I'm going to see it. I'm going to not be able to respond immediately. I'm going to forget about it. And four days later, I will see it again, feel terrible, and then never respond to you. <laughs> so, yeah. so instead of that happening, when I don't respond, just be like, Hey, just wanted to check in, you know, see my Voxer, you know, above. So just little things like that. Or you also posted this on, on, uh, Instagram the other day about like not sending me, like, don't send me paragraph long emails. Cause I won't read them, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I've gotten really good at just t- straight up, just telling people, Hey, I can't, my brain can't process this mm-hmm. email. Can you tell me what actions I need to take? Yeah. I literally I said those were, I did, I said it to my financial advisor mm-hmm. and right now I'm pregnant. So people are giving Yay. me a lot of grace for like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I really hope this continues afterwards. <laughs> Cause when you're pregnant, people are willing to forget like, Oh yeah. I brain fog. I'm like, no, no, this is my normal. Yeah. Brain. This is normal. <laughs> this is baseline. <laughs> yeah. I had to tell my, my personal trainer again, I've hired out a lot of stuff mm-hmm. at this point too. Like that's actually the thing I'm really leaning into right now. Um, all my bougie services. I think we just need to normalize. But yeah, totally. my personal trainer was making my workouts way too complicated. And I had to tell her, look, it's I gave her the washer dryer analogy. I'm like, it's like working out is moving the laundry. And now what's happening is every time we work out, you're telling me to wash the laundry in a different way. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, I can't do it. So I had to really simplify it. So I've been really advocating for myself. I think yeah. that's important. On your team, 100 percent I love you asked this question because I actually hadn't really thought about this before. Mm-hmm. Everything you just said, um, I love the, how to work with me, like how I work best document, like how to communicate with me, like how to not get the best out of me, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> what I've learned with my operations manager is because in this year, I've really been embracing who I am in the past with an operations manager. I would just put guilt trips on myself constantly yeah. that I was dropping balls. My operations manager now knows the container for talking to me is when you have a call with me. So like if we're on a meeting, you can get everything out of me. Cause I'm mm-hmm. engaged. Like I can answer the questions. I can brainstorm copy. I can solve problems. I can do all that. But if you like, if you're just sending me a bunch of Slack messages throughout the day, like I will look and I'm not too bad at responding to them, but here's the thing I, I, I still am letting go of guilt on. 
you cannot assign me tasks. Oh my gosh. No, (laughs) no, I don't even log in. And it's again, like I had a hard time with this as a leader. Cause I'm like, I expect my team members to do that, but I don't. And I'm like, well, number one, I'm, I'm the leader. You're the boss. boss. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I built it, I get to decide. So I've tried to own that a little bit. The thing is like, I, I physically can't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like I just, so what, what we'll do is she'll sort of like, she'll have things that are for me to do. And then she'll kind of follow up with me about them. So I know I need to do them, but I don't actually go into the task and click them off or anything Yeah, because I can't. Yeah. I swear we're the same person and it's so validating to talk to you <laughs> because yeah, I, I just had this conversation with my team on Monday cause we have our leadership team meetings on Monday, Mondays for two hours. It's a two hour meeting, but I love it. It's like you were saying, I'm engaged. I'm there. I'm ready yeah. to go. But then you can turn like, it off after. Yeah. Then you can turn it off. But, um, what I wasn't doing or what I haven't been doing is like, they have a whole, like, you know, put it in the agenda in Asana. And I'm like, I am never going to do that. Like I am going to put it. I'm going to put it into Slack and I'm going to say, Hey, these are a few things that I'm just brain dumping here. We can talk about them later. And then I need you to put it into the agenda. Yeah. In Asana, right. This is what I'm going to pay you to do. Yeah. This is, this is you like, take this and you put it in the agenda. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's never going to happen. Or even with like, anytime I get a long email now, I forward it to Danny, my uh, yeah. executive director. And then I'm like, can you sum this up for me? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And it's just knowing that in order for you to be your best self and do the things that you actually need to accomplish in your business, you are going to need to hire people that understand that be, this is part of the job and this is part of the role. And those people, their brains work differently than yours. And mm-hmm. this is so hard sometimes to understand is the things that I despise and struggle with, other people love mm-hmm. and are great at. Yeah. And so, finding that, that person who also is like, you know, willing to understand you. Right. Because if that person isn't willing to work with your way, then that's not going to work either, but is willing to work with you, I think is really, really beautiful. And it takes time to like, with any person to like learn each other's styles and stuff. And I think the more you get clear on what works for you and what doesn't and communicate that it's the communicating it piece. That's really important that, you know, I had to tell my operations manager, like I need to be nagged. And she Uh was like, well, I would hate that. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that you would hate that. I need it. So yeah. don't ever feel bad nagging me about something mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. 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 Same thing. I'm like, please retag me in Slack like 87 times until I actually yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Exactly. So thank you for this conversation. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. This is a question that we're asking everybody for season five. And the question is, what does amplifying your impact mean to you? Okay. So I love this because I had this thought I think it was yesterday. I got a DM. Oh, it was that, that woman I mentioned um, earlier was a personal organizer. And she came and she said, she heard me talk about it. Same as you. I've been talking about ADHD a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not an ADHD expert, but I've just been talking about it a lot because I just feel like it's like this prison we need to release people from. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I've never said totally. that before, but it feels like I'm like releasing. Yeah, like, but it really is. Like, yeah. Get out. You're fine. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything wrong. And she was like, it was so validating. I, you know, I see, I hear myself in that. And I know, I know that people listening to this episode will have that realization. Like, oh, that sounds so much like me. Or I'll post something on Instagram about, and I'm, I'm speaking very specifically about the ADHD stuff about ADHD. And someone's like, Oh my God, I realized just reading your posts that I'm, that's me. Mm -hmm. I've heard this. I mean, at this point, dozens, 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 maybe hundreds of times. 
And that makes me so excited Mm -hmm. is helping other people feel validated in who they are like that. I'm realizing like, that's my thing. That's what I care about. I love the business coaching. I'm really good at strategy. I'm really good at copywriting. Like those are like very concrete skills I have, but, but like what really lights me up is when someone feels just utterly validated in who they are and just like, is like unabashedly willing to go out there and do that and just sort of like peel away the layers of how they've been conditioned to work in the world. Cause I think the more that we do that, the more that we show up as our actual selves, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that versus authentic. Cause yeah. <laughs> your actual self, I think that is the healing of the world. I mean, I just, I mean, that's like pretty profound, but that's, that's where my, my ADHD brain goes. Oh. <laughs> so, that's what it means to me. I love that. Thank you so much. And yeah. where can we find you in the world? <laughs> yeah, I feel like Instagram is probably the best place to hang out. So I'm at Courtney Shaw, just first and last name. Shaw is C-H-A-A-L. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we'll have that all in the show notes. I'm also going to post, uh, or in the show notes, put some, like some of those t- quizzes that you can take online yes. for, you know, if you're not sure. And then I actually just recently wrote two articles for fast company about ADHD. So I'm going to post oh, those too. Awesome. So yeah, I'll people can, this. yeah, totally. People can uh, get a hold of those as well. So thank you so much for your time. You're amazing. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was so fun. So fun. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job. Mm